0: And talking about the true Christian life, what is the Christian life, according to scripture, and I talked about the the reason it was really heavy on my heart, and it always has been and as time goes by, it just gets stronger and stronger, especially when i when I see when I see more and more of Christianity, quote unquote, the visible church, sliding more and more into apostasy, into heretical teachings, into things like easy believism, friendship evangelism, uh, getting to know God, you know, being in his presence. You know, all these books, a big thing I know is you know, spirituality, growing in your spirituality. And most of the stuff you'll find, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's go to your local Christian, (laughs) I say that with a grain of salt, bookstore, you find a lot of books about growing spiritually, spiritual warfare, you know, getting to know God. And the vast amount of it, almost all of it is in one form or another either heretical, it just depends on how grossly heretical it is. It goes beyond the word of God. If something goes beyond the word of God, it's heretical. You know, a big part of it is saying what will grow spiritually right? getting to know God. Somehow, some way, we can know about God, know things about God, experience God in our lives apart from what he's already revealed about himself. It's not possible. And to do so will only lead us astray and lead us into error and lead us into confusion. With that, I'll just start with the kind of proof text I, we started with back several weeks ago. And that is Romans 12, 1 and 2, which really boils down to what the Christian life is and what we are to do and what God expects of us. Right, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, by the mercies of God, present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Remember we talked about your logical because of all the mercies because you've come to know of all these mercies and everything he's done to, done for you live for him right with all your heart soul mind and strength and then he tells us how in Romans 12:2 and be not conformed to this world but be transformed that's entirely transformed right become new a different creature And we talked about that, right? He has created us, given us a new man, created in righteousness and true holiness. Inside of us, our inner man now, once he's opened our eyes, we've come to the knowledge of truth, right? Been born of the Spirit, and he's given us his Spirit, right? And then we are able to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, growing in the knowledge of God, Right? by their new their minds and we talked about because that's being filled with the spirit and being filled with the spirit, walking in the spirit. We talked about that. Compare Ephesians and Colossians, where the one in Colossians talks about right, you know being being filled right with with his word, with his word. And then we see that in Ephesians that mentions filled with the spirit. But then we see that in the whole context, the verses before and the verses after, are practically the same. In some places some of the verse, some of the verses are word for word the same. So we know to be filled with the spirit we must grow in our knowledge of the word of God. And in so doing we're being filled with the spirit and being transformed and living that out. If you recall we went over that Right? It is only by Scripture that we can come to know God. And it is as we come to know God and start living those things out, Right, purpose ourselves to be that living sacrifice, to be a living sacrifice. And then while we're being that living sacrifice, we're growing in our knowledge of the Word. We see the Word itself stresses that. You know, Jesus stresses it. Paul stresses it. John stresses it. You know, Peter stresses it. It is stressed throughout the word. The longest, the longest Psalm we have in the Bible, the longest, you know, book we have in the Bible, if you call it the book of Psalms, Psalm 119, 176 verses. All but three are talking about the Word of God, you know, knowing it, or what the Word of God does when you come to know it in your life. So we see how vital and important it is, but it's so interesting that all these books about growing in your Christian life, uh, knowing about spiritual warfare and henceforth, have practically, they go outside of the word, or they try to bring in other religious things, wisdom of the world, philosophy of the world, which is contrary to what the word of God teaches. I want to show you in all part of what we're talking about here, it's also spiritual warfare, right? Because our enemy does not want us to grow in our knowledge of God. He does not want a people to come to know God. He does not want to see people born again. Amen? But he specifically hates the children of God, and he hates us. But if you really quickly turn to 2 Corinthians... 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. You know, I'll say this. Uh, I'll talk about all, for instance, spiritual warfare. What you'll mainly get, you get people having different taste about it and everything. Well, you mainly find in 99% of the so-called teachings on YouTube are in the books at the, you know, a radical bookstore, and that I don't think much of the bookstore we have in town, by the way. just I, I'd advise people staying out of it. But uh, it talks about spiritual warfare. For instance, like, uh, you know, get real quiet so you can hear God, so you, so you can hear, he'll let you know what he wants you to pray. Uh, get to know the names of the demons, what kind of demons are in your area. Get to know what kind of demons are attacking you and everything, so you can come against them. None of, none of that's in the Word of God. None of it. Second Corinthians 10.5 says this, starting in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So, you know, not physically. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Right? Casting down imaginations... And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, what does that mean? So, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, if it is contrary to what God has revealed. In his word about himself, about salvation, about, about man, whatever it is, it is imaginations, imaginations in some high thing, some high worldly thing, what they call wisdom. <clears throat> I'll give you an example like when it says, there was a thing out several years ago. It became very big. Millions of people, you know, bought into it. This teaching going around about be still and know that I am God. Taking a quotation of the scripture and saying, see, we're supposed to be still. So quiet your minds. Right? Get into presence, quiet your minds. Do it some way. I'll pick a verse of scripture, a word. Use the name of Jesus. Just repeat it over and over and over and over again until you come and you feel, you, you come to not thinking. Then you're being still and, you're, and you'll be able to know God and hear from God and he'll direct you. When actually the whole context of that is instead of striving, when he was right in the nation of Israel, Instead of worrying, instead of trying to come up with their their own things to combat their enemies, no, they are to rest in him, trust that he's God, and trust that he will prevail. That's what he meant by be still. And we, we know that's true, that spiritual warfare, when it boils down to it, boils down to truth versus error. The fall happened Because Satan deceived Eve into not believing what God had said. Right? Period. And that's the way it is today. Satan, our enemy, the world, our flesh, wants us to believe something contrary about God. Something contrary to truth that God has revealed about himself. And what I wanted to get to know when he says, when, you know, they take that because the scriptures tell us to, you know, we can come to know God. It says eternal life is to know God and know him who he sent, right? His son. To know him. Well, what does that mean? And they try to take our ignorance and our sincerity. I think, you know, who doesn't? We, we want to, as Christians, we want to grow. You know, we want to grow. We, we want to come to, you know, what does that mean to know God? Well, first of all, uh, turn to Jeremiah chapter nine. Yes, go ahead Mike. No. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dan. You know, of any strength you may possess, let the rich man glory in his riches. Don't feel great and count on and, you know, be happy with whatever wealth you you may have. Verse 24. But let him that glorieth glory in this. Not that, and by the way, I want to say this, right? Pride is an abomination before God. One thing we should always be assaulted on, because I'll tell you, maybe it's just me, but we got to fight to keep pride down in our lives, because it's always wanting to creep up. I like using the word maybe joyful, thankful, but not proud, because there's nothing we have, that's good, that we haven't received. So there's not going to be glory in it. But he's saying, if you're going to glory, if you're going to feel good about something, if you're going to feel built up about something, glory in this. That he or she, right, amen, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Right? He says, "You you you really want to feel good? You you, you really want to settle yourself? You really want confidence in something? You want to be secure and everything? Come to know me, and particularly I like the way he just puts it in there, right? His loving kindness, his justice, and his righteousness. He delights in these things. So if somebody wants to say that sins, okay, friends? No, it's not. Doing wrong unto others, no, it's not. He delights in loving kindness, justice, and righteousness." But they to come to understand and know me. Part of that is when you look that word up, right, is to be assured of. And it does part of me that grow in understanding. Become aware of. Become acquainted with. Know and meditate and come to understand who I am. And what, who I am. What I am. What I'm doing. Right? And... We'll we'll rest more and more in that. But also go on to Jeremiah 22. Chapter 22. And what this is about, right? Things he was rebuking, the king you know uh, Shalom Shalem, the son of Josiah <clears throat> but then he starts in verse 15 shalt thou reign because thou closest thyself in cedar in other words do you think you're a great king because you have riches or you did all these things you read through this it's interesting what does he say Did not thy father eat and drink and do judgment and justice? And then it was well with him? He judged the cause of the poor and needy. Read about Josiah, his godly king, and he pleased the Lord. Then it was well with him. Was not this to know me? Saith the Lord. See, part of that too, when when he talks about getting to know him, right, when we become acquainted with him, the more and more we become acquainted with him and coming acquainted with Him through His Word, and particularly, right, the Spirit He has given us working with the Word, right? Then we're knowing Him. And just like we're going to be going, Lord willing, get to 1 John, but He teaches us. And also then we'll start doing what is pleasing in His sight more and more and more. And we're proving to ourselves and others that we know him. And go to first go to the New Testament, first Corinthians chapter one. And you know, he goes on to, you know, him calling us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. And, and go to verse twenty-nine. That no flesh should glory in his presence, right? As I was saying before, right? We we have nothing. The Lord's done everything, right? It's all his grace and his power, right? And it's done for us. Everything we are, everything we have, every blessing you receive. It's because of and by and through the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work, amen. That no flesh should go in his presence, verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ, Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Verse 31, that according as it is written, Jeremiah nine twenty-four. he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Right? In other words, everything we have, right, has been given us. You know, we talked about that when I was talking before. Go to Second Peter chapter 1. It's all about all the blessings that he's given us, right, and all the promises that are ours, right? And how do we partake of them, and how do we experience them? How do we walk those out? Through growing in our knowledge of the Lord, And also part of that is an experimental knowledge and we get that just by growing our knowledge of the Lord and walking that out. Not that we're perfect as the world sometimes defines perfect. You know, some in the church like, uh, you know, actually uh, Mike mentioned those of you who watched Wednesdays or Wednesdays, you know, like the holiness movement, like somehow you can become perfect this side of heaven. Well, well, No.